Hello and welcome to Lave Radio. Greetings and welcome to Lave Radio. Greetings, Commanders. Greetings, Commanders. The show that talks about the universe of Elite and the development of the computer game Elite 4, known as Elite Dangerous. And the fantastic community that surrounds it. Broadcast from the Atari Design Winder and a place of nonsense and innuendo for forum dads. A self-contained podcast two hours long. Transmitting to every corner of the galaxy. It's even louder than me. The hottest show this side of Dizzo. The name of the place. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Commanders, and welcome to episode 405 of Lave Radio, the show that likes to talk about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Phoenix Defire, otherwise known as Colin Ford, Chief Archivist of Lave Station. And joining me in the Orange Sidewinder Bar for this episode, we have our um, staff liaison officer, Commander Psychet. Hello. We also have our Inhuman Resources Director, Commander Shan. Hello. Uh, and also joining us for this week, because uh, Ben is away doing uh, family stuff, uh, we have our Chief Chauffeur, Commander Alec Turner. I thought we'd settled on getaway driver evening all. Oh, well, you see, I thought I thought I saw some of the things during the week but I thought was utterly classy. So I thought, you know, <laughs> uh, yes, see? Okay. smooth hand, hand over there. Now, if you wish, no, um, w- uh, I don't know if anybody is actually li- uh, live at the moment. We've got, uh, I think, Chris and Ventura. They're both, um, I, th- I think they're just being replayed. So I'm afraid the only way that you can join us is in the chat channel uh, at... Um, on the Twitch, um, which you can access through laveradio.com slash live and you click on the live chat or you go straight to Twitch TV slash laveradio or look us up on YouTube or Facebook or Twitter because we're all there. Um, anyway, so uh, let's have a quick chat with the rest of the team, see what they've been up to for the last, I don't know how long it is because I'm beginning to lose, tra- uh, lose track of time. Uh, so we'll, we'll start with um, Commander Shan because you've not been about for a bit. I've, well, I have been about. That's where I've been. Um, gosh, where to start? Yes, I was last week. I was in um, on on a road trip north of the wall, also known as Scotland. Um, went up to Lake District, had a couple of days in Lake District a Friday ago. Then basically went round almost all of Scotland, and it was absolutely great. Wonderful weather. Um, I didn't attempt. A Scottish accent, 
because Nicola Sturgeon would then immediately declare independence without a second referendum. Such would be offended. But no, we had a we had a great time. Um, went to I think it was uh, Ventura put me on to Trossack's pie shop near Castle uh, Dune, which was everything as good as what the uh, video said it was. Amazing pies, wonderful. Uh, went up, sorry, went up to John O'Groats. And it was interesting, actually, because I've heard it said, oh, Scotland, you have virtually every sort of scenery, you know, you, you can find in Europe in one country. And I always thought, that, what does that mean? But going around there, you do, because it, when, you, when you get to, to uh, John O'Groats, it's kind of almost like Icelandic. And then as you come down south, it almost becomes sort of Luton and Milton Keynes. That's Cumbernauld, uh, isn't it? Um, so, yeah, it, it, was, it was a great trip, uh, Mrs. Sharon and I. Uh, came back and actually managed to get some time to play Update, update 13. So hopefully we'll be able to talk on that later, because uh, it's quite thought-provoking, actually, um, playing it. So that's what I've been up to. Excellent. Uh, then we'll hand over to Commander Psychit. Oh, crap. I was just taking some paracetamol because I've got oh, a headache. Well, I'll pass I'm, over. I'm all right. I'm, I'm good. Oh, I'm good. Okay, I'm good. Okay. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Um, I um, have just been... I've been really busy. It was quite a busy week last week. I don't know if anybody knows. Slightly. Slightly. Yeah. It, it's, been, um, it's been a mad week. I slept for probably about 14 hours on Ooh. Friday night through to Saturday, which was very, very well needed. And then for the last day of the heat wave, we, um, the most, like, um, the biggest thing that's happened to me over this week, which hasn't been elite related, was we bought a doggy paddling pool for Artie. And he bloody loved it. And he was splashing around and it was great. And um, I adored, I adored every moment of um, having a puppy splash, a, splash around and getting water on me and getting water all over our um, our cushions for outdoor seating. But it's fine because the seat cushions have to come in now because it's absolutely pissing it down, and I love it. I stood outside for ages, so um, yeah, yeah. I've just been moaning about the weather mostly and getting too warm. Actually, that's a good way for you. Uh, just a. Uh, a good way to water the garden is stick a dog in a pool of water and let it shake itself dry. The water goes everywhere. There is that. There is that. And then and then just like eke it over to the side, over to the grass when you're done with it and let it go and try and cover as much grass as you can. So would you attach a handle to the dog so you can use it like a mop to make sure it's... Um... No, no, I wouldn't attach a handle to my dog. Funnily enough, I hadn't considered that. It's just because that's what you do with your cats, is it? You sort of you you put the put them on a mop and then just use them to to clean no, the kitchen. No, the, the cats are mutated. Um, they are now piranha cats because they they get so hungry. They come in as a swarm and just devour everything meat related in twenty seconds. Lovely. And um, also with. We have our driving rally specialist, Commander T uh, Commander Turner. Hello. Hello, Alec. How, how have you been? Hello. I've been all right. I'm looking at my calendar now, trying to work out what I've done, and it just says hot. <laughs> so I guess I've been hot last week. <laughs> and then, yeah, like Psychic said, today it finally rained, and I was completely inappropriately dressed. I'm like in shorts and a T-shirt, and I just stood outside in the rain, and it was magnificent. Oh, yeah, we got rained on in, um, in between Tongue 
and John O'Groats, and it was amazing. I didn't even put a coat on. I just, I just stood outside, and and uh, we also took a boat trip out to one of the islands of John O'Groats, and it, there was a real gale blowing and sea going, and it was glorious. It was so nice being cold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll second that. <laughs> yeah, the only other interesting thing I've done this week was was just last night. Actually, we watched um, we watched Thirteen Lives, which um, is fantastic film. Um, highly recommended about the you know about the Thai cave rescue. Um, but it's um, I'm trying to I'm struggling now with the name of the director. It's the guy that did Apollo Thirteen, isn't it? But it's such a brilliant film, and it's one of those films where afterwards I've just been because I didn't follow the Thai cave rescue of the twelve boys that closely in the news, and so so I, I didn't really know the details of how they got those kids out, which is just, Ron Howard. Somebody said thank you. Um, which is, I won't spoil it for anyone that didn't know, but it's just unbelievable. And um, yeah, I've been researching stuff all day today. I've just been looking up interviews with the real people. And Yeah. Sure. Hey, wasn't, that the, wasn't that the rescue where Elon Musk accused one of the rescues of being yep. a paedophile? Yep, yeah, he was really good God. He, completely, he, he was the baddie in that thing, really. He was a complete moron about it, and he probably did it because he was annoyed he wasn't on the front page of Twitter for five minutes. <laughs> Well, okay, I didn't know that. No, good film though. Highly recommended. All right. Okay, that's 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 one to put on my list. Yeah, um, I've been playing Update Thirteen, but it sounds like we're going to chat about that as well. Oh yeah, we're going to be chatting about that a lot, a, a lot for the main subject, I think. Uh, again, there's a lot to talk about, Colin. Hey, I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. So you know. Anyway, right. Let's let's. Well, let's see what's up. What have I been doing? Um, yeah, a couple of top shift lives over the weekend where everybody saw how good my driving is in comparison to to Alex. I'm so embarrassed. I just what what is wrong with me? It's, it's like I, I wired my joystick up wrong. Uh, I watch that now. And uh, <laughs> uh, and then on top of that, uh, let's see. Oh, um, I met up with a a. a friend of mine yesterday and we did some uh, team missions for the for the first time in a while and i must admit it was really really good um that we didn't have one crash out we didn't have one disconnect i had one weird thing where i i took the mission should have died well i died and i thought when you die you lose the mission but apparently um it didn't happen this time round i think so, it depends on the mission it was. And it what was stage a, you were at the mission, or something like that. I, it was a massacre mission. I got, got thirteen. I got eleven out of thirteen. Now my 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 teammate was still in the um, was still in the instance. So, but that's the only reason that I can think that um, that I I wasn't said right. As you you failed your mission, which you know, oh, it's it's just a weird one, but a really enjoyable weird one. <laughs> so in theory, then. Are you saying that I could do a team mission with you guys and I could, like, hide behind something and just sit and let you do all the work and then get the credits? Don't know, because this was a mission that didn't seem um, to be able to share for some reason. I don't I don't know what the, what was up with it, but it, it was one of these missions which didn't seem to be... Sh- we, we couldn't share, and it was just the fact that, um, yeah... It was uh, the fact that he was still in the same instance as me, which it was weird. Colin, quick question. Yes. Are you feeling better now? 
Am I feeling better? Well, do I sound better? Yes, absolutely, because you're not hacking up every five seconds. <laughs> yeah. And it's Scotty. I must admit that uh, when I did listen back to last week's show, I didn't realise how rough I sounded. Dear listener, up until about um, maybe five minutes before we started, Colin was pretty, pretty um, convinced that he was going to be hosting, and I put my foot down. I, I, yeah. I actually think um, drunk Colin is better than sick Colin. Drunk? I don't think I have ever presented this show drunk. I think you've probably been a guest <laughs> after having a, a couple, but I don't know about. I don't know about. I don't think I've ever hosted um, with a, a large amount of alcohol inside me. So uh, you've yeah. got to have a drink at least because you like to, to deal with Shan most of the time. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, the, there is there is that, but <laughs> but also you need the drink ready for whenever anybody says their trigger word, don't you? True that. Yes. What, so what's the trigger word? I wouldn't know. Oh, for goodness sake. Right, well, let's move on to the development news. Uh, what have the devs said this week? Well, it's actually been, surprisingly enough, a bit of a busy week. Um, first of all, uh, the big news from Frontier itself was that David Braben has kind of semi-retired. Um, there is a CEO transition. David Braben is moving to a new role on on the board uh, as president and founder. And Johnny Watts is promoted to CEO after 10 years as chief creative officer. So um, it's quoted, uh, uh, David Bremer is quoted as saying, uh, Frontier is very important to me and I am delighted to be able to pass on my CEO responsibilities to the exceptionally talented Johnny Watts, who I know will do a terrific job. He has had the perfect combination of creative leadership and gaming vision to build on the excellent momentum in the business. I'm looking forward to my new role at Frontier, and this change enables me to focus on our longer-term strategic opportunities. Right, Shan, you are fantastically good at at picking apart business speech. Please translate for us thick people. Well, I'll give you my view of it, if that whatever that counts for. Um, it reads like he's kind of thinking about retirement, and this is his way of doing guts and gardening leave before retiring. I suspect he's kind of taken Elliot as, as far as, as he feels he can, and it's now too much hassle and stress to keep pushing on with it, because from all accounts from people at LaveCon, um, the developers were getting quite... Um, not stressed but worried because he was sitting in so many meetings when they're doing design work. So I, I suspect he's wanting to take a uh, a step back and do some gardening and let people carry on his legacy. I guess. Okay. I would agree. I would agree with that. I think um, it, the the thing that I get when he's talking about focusing on longer term strategic opportunities, I reckon, like. With it, like he's now more of a let me cement in place the plan for when I actually do retire. This is his moment to make sure that everything is in is in position, and then he can sort of step back even further, kind of great graciously and um confident in the 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 people that he has continuing that that legacy. Yeah, it's managed retirement. Mm-hmm. 
So what do you think the effect on um, Elite Dangerous is going to be then? Um, we'll, we'll start with Shan. Um, hard to say, because without knowing how much of his influence went into place now, as opposed to back at Kickstarter, it, it, it's hard to say. My gut feel is it'll go one of two ways, and um, someone mentioned it in chat, is that he could end up in, interfering more because he can't let it go. Um, or he could just kind of sit back and think, well, that's my, that's my work over with done. Uh, I'll let people focus on our other games. I don't know. It's, it's hard to call it at the moment. Fair enough. Um, Psychic, what do you think? Slim to none. Slim to none. I think um, uh, our November, last um, February when we did when we had the elite meet, um, something that something that reminded me from a conversation that um, Arth had um, that I was having with Arth at the time, um, saying that there is nothing that goes into elite that doesn't go past Braben's desk, and I legitimately believe that that will continue to happen. He will still continue to go have a yay or nay sort of thing on it have a quick look at something overview with i'm talking elite specifically um he's he i don't think he's ever going to it's his baby isn't it let's be honest and he's never it is. i don't think he's ever gonna let go of it entirely um and i feel like right up until a point where he's just not physically um physically able to then um he he will continue to pass over everything. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he. I think personally, he's going to. Uh, well, he's probably going to take a step back. And yeah, I don't know whether everything will need to go through him, but I certainly do think that anything lore-wise or you know information about the the galaxy will. He'll, he'll probably say, "Yeah, okay, that feels right. Let it go through," or 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 block it, depending on, on what's suggested. Uh, but, yeah, one of the things I am worried about is that I do know that um, it, David Brim specifically said that, you know, the uh, the arcs would only really be used for, how shall I put it, this to, um, uh, effectively cosmetics. I, mean, I must admit... Um, I am wondering whether or not they'll they will start moving away from that in the future because of uh, well let's just say there there will be pressures to increase monetization. Um, Alec, yeah, I just wondered on that whether you whether you, there's no um, like cosmetic uh, monetization of stuff in the other games like Zoo Tycoon. It, it's all cosmetic, is it, or is there any pay to win in any of their other stuff? <laughs> Uh, the only thing you could... Well, I don't think there's anything paid to win in any of the other stuff at the moment. But um, we all know that Tencent w would love that. They've, they've got a reputation for trying to, uh, especially in their mobile stuff, um, really putting in the loot boxes and things like that. Yeah. But, okay. uh, I, I wondered if... Because I know I read somewhere that Johnny Watts is... Um, I think there was a statement where he mentioned, or a lot of the other games, nearly all Frontiers other games were mentioned except Elite, and it gave me the sense that, although I'm sure he's interested, he didn't seem as vested in Elite, and I, I wondered whether he'd sort of done any kind of loot box stuff in any of the other games. Or, but it sounds like not. Probably no, I, I don't think so, Aaron. I, he David's always struck me as someone who would rather 
shut it down than having to go to the loot box. Sure, sure, David. Sure. But, um, I wondered about what, how Johnny Watt felt on that sort of stuff. Well, they've kind of been inseparable, I think, haven't they? Because if you remember back to Frexpo, I think they had Johnny Watts and David sitting on the same panel. And they had been working together for 20 plus years. So I would imagine they're pretty close as a working partner. Yeah. Okay, cool. Right. Um, yeah, so uh, it, it came, that news came out, uh, I think, on, on Mondays, which was a, it was a bit of a, uh, bit of a, a surprise. But uh, right. No. Um, the other issue is with update 13. Uh, well, actually, we'll, we'll, we'll put all this stuff, update 13 stuff together. Um, Frameshift Live number 14 happened uh, on Thursday. Uh, where we had Bruce, Arf, Zach and Sally all talking to various members of the development team um, about what had happened over Update 13 and she also showed off um, a few people's reactions to um, uh, to what happened. I, I, I don't know who they could have been. <laughs> Suck it. What's the <laughs> Um, what did you think to the uh, the Frameship Fly 14 then? Since I really enjoyed it. It was nice having devs on. Nice yeah. by having devs back on. I know it's been half a while, um, like a couple of minutes to um, to to have a couple, a couple of devs on. Nice seeing Hannah and Ben again and hearing them get really excited. Um, nice having, always nice having someone talk about the sound because you know it's going to be a win with the lead. Um, oh, yeah. And that, that was Robin. And then I thought... I, I keep blanking on the girl's name that we had. They they had on first. It's either I want to say Sue or Sarah. I think it was Sue. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was really it was really lovely getting information from them and finding finding out a little bit more stuff. I liked it. Yeah, uh, uh, Kitty Anna is saying Sam. So Sam, uh, yeah. okay. Yes. So yes, there's uh, a whole lot of good information there I, I did agree with one of the fact that one of the guys the uh, one of the uh, the writers I, I think I agree with him by saying that he would want to, to move update 13 up by maybe a week because I, I did think that it did feel like it was stretching it out just a little bit too long but um, yeah the once update 13 hits then I think yeah um, they've it certainly showed how much work that they'd been putting into it. Mm. Alec? Yeah, I just, I, 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 I look, and I loved it. It was a great show, actually. I thought there was a lot of, not backslapping is the wrong term, but, you know, we all really enjoyed Tuesday, and I think it was a lovely sort of wind down after Tuesday to just talk about it. But, yeah, that, that, that one comment was was quite interesting because it almost sounded like the, the length of their of the you know the the, the plan the build up the length of that build up and the number of CGs in the build up was planned whereas I think the community perception almost up until that statement was that they were stalling because things had taken longer than expected it almost felt like um, Operation Witch Hunt sort of played into their hands a little bit and allowed them to stall for a few more weeks and I found that statement really interesting because it sounded like it was. That the duration of that build-up was planned, and and maybe they should have made it made it a week shorter. Yeah, it it was. Um, yeah, it's like it. Um, 
on the back of that with regard to player initiatives and things like that i really i really liked the fact that they um they touched on that as well and touched on the fact that they wanted to include more things that players are doing and making sure that that's going in the narrative as well um and i feel like that's already been um with one of yesterday's Gowner articles, which we'll obviously get to, that's already coming to fruition. It is, yeah. I mean, so uh, there's a lot of... Uh, and also, we've had Operation Witch Hunt, and obviously, well, we'll, we'll discuss uh, the other stuff later on, but it, it was nice to see that certain players uh, or and organisations were rewarded by getting in-game little nods in the in the galnet and that also i think helps add to the inclusion so you know if you if you do something really good you get your name immortalized in galnet um chan yeah that uh, tradition has continued from way back because you know the uh, the announcer obsidian uh, orbital is obsidian and there are quite a few uh, stations, bases, and all sorts of things scattered around the galaxy with reference to players who have helped or influenced the frontier. And I'm not talking about Kickstarter rewards, I'm talking about that's come after that. So it's really good they continue on with that. And it's not about, I think, doing something to get your name in light, so to speak, because I don't think that should be the reward for something. Um, it's all about valuing players' contributions. Uh, yeah, I mean the the I mean it's been quite a while. There's been a, quite a dry spell where there's um, I think you know there was the beginning of uh, I don't know the return. That's the last time we've really had players being mentioned and, and things like that in the system. And it's ever since then, it's it's kind of been official Galnet. But it, it's nice to see them acknowledging. Uh, people's achievements in the community again because it's it's nice that that comes back. Mm, agreed. Yeah. Um, yes. Now there was an awful lot of stellar screenshots involving. How shall I put this? Um, on foot views of Thargoids. I do believe, Mr. Turner, mm. you were involved in a couple of these. Yeah, um, none of my screenshots, but I, I'd certainly been doing a lot of that this week. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's a... How, I've got to ask, how difficult it is, to, is it to do this? Because I've heard of Scorb and Company doing yeah. a, uh, a rescue attempt to, to try and uh, help commanders who have stranded themselves on these. Yeah. So, I mean, I saw... A lot of people doing sort of little rescue attempts down at um, uh, Fort Ash, and I, I did. I really wanted to go there and video it, but every time I went, it was pitch black, and you know, mm -hmm. I don't know. So, so I, and then I had this idea of, hang on, we've never seen Thargoids on atmospheric, you know, against atmospheric skies. That would be amazing. So, so quite early in the week, I headed off to. There's two. There's three. I think thin atmosphere planets in HIP. Yes, yes, there are. Yeah. And they've all got biologicals on them, which yeah. I lost when my blasted ship got blown up. <laughs> so, the, so roughly what I did is I, I'd done some fooling around in the system trying to get the logs and, and not having much luck. I think you described it on last week's show of jumping in and then having to leg it before the... So I hot-footed it back to Shinrata, picked up my sort of 850 metres per second uh, Imperial Courier, 
and then came back. And I've been using that. So you can outrun, the, you know, the shutdown field and you can outrun any Thargoid. So, so the secret to getting down onto any planet is just to go in a fast ship, land really fast, disembark, and, and then dismiss the ship um, before they turn up and blow the ship right. up. And although they're drawn to you, and more and more Thargoids will spawn in, in your vicinity, Mm-hmm. up to a maximum of like, I think I've seen like four, three, four interceptors and a bunch of scouts. Um, they won't attack you. Uh, oh. my, my, my hunch is that either you're too small to target or your heat signatures, you know, if the game is honoring those metrics, then you're too small or too lower heat signatures. So they, so they never actually fire. So you can just run around on the planet's surface and watch them do their ballet <laughs> to your heart's content. Oh, right. Maybe. Maybe like Sorry, Shan? Um, yeah, uh, maybe Thargoids don't have Odyssey, which is why they, <laughs> <laughs> so they can't instance you with, yeah, harsh. <laughs> yeah, the trick, the trick, though, is, is trying to get away again. I mean, it's it, um, what basically what, I, what I've been doing is re-logging, which clears the instance, so there's no more Thargoids, and then you've got about between a minute and two minutes before they start turning up again. So so re-log and then immediately recall the ship, run to the ship, jump in the ship and, and boost out as fast as you can. I gather Burr followed that advice and it didn't go so well for him. Yeah, I, I was watching it <laughs> when I came back. The, uh, it was quite amusing watching him try, but the, the funnest things I saw him do was uh, if you call an Apex shuttle, oh, yeah. the Thargoids will then attack the Apex shuttle and blow it up. So you can't actually even call an Apex shuttle. Yeah, and what's really funny is you get a refund. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the other thing he was trying, and uh, he kind of never did it enough to see if it actually made any difference, but you can, if you're accurate enough, shoot at the interceptors and get them to change course or do something. So the hits do register. Yeah, so a couple of things I noticed with that is when I was trying to sort of video them going around in circles and things, and then occasionally they weren't coming close enough to get good screenshots. If you if you call a taxi, you can use the taxi as a kind of sacrificial decoy to change their flight pattern because they'll all then peel off and attack the taxi. I and like then, that thinking. Yeah, and then come back to where you are and start circling again, but in a different configuration so you can... You can use these poor taxi drivers as um, filming decoys. Do <laughs> that, can, yeah, can you actually use the, the taxi as, as basically a decoy as you call your own ship in? Possibly. And I think that's what people were trying at for Ash was using taxis and other ships as decoys. Um, I mean, I think what, what I heard in the bird pit is a, a, a safer way to get away. You know, once you've done your on-foot thing and you've, you want to leave again, um, is relog recall your ship the minute your ship lands relog again and then run to the ship and get in it's a bit gamey for my liking but but it gives yeah. you a bit more time it did that sounds to me like run to the elevator in mass effect and then all of a sudden oh your team is suddenly in the elevator and nice and safe yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. right um well Moving on from Frameshift Live 14, now there was a small update on 13.1 on Friday, which was a server side update. Um, There's a couple of BSG changes, but unfortunately, the thing that 
really had me excited disappeared because it turned out that if you were um, in <laughs> HIP 22460 and went into CQC, the Thargoids would turn up in CQC matches after a minute. <laughs> What's wrong with that, Colin? Is there a problem? Is there a no. problem with having these enemies that I will just shoot you and kill that. you? I, I wish I'd have seen that. Don't, don't get me wrong. I loved it. I thought it was absolutely fantastic, but they took it away on Friday. Yeah. Boom. I, wish I, I wish I'd managed to get in for like one game. It would have been great. Yeah. Did oh, any they, players try to attack them and blow them up? Yes, they, they tried to attack them, but they were invulnerable. And <laughs> so it didn't go very well. I wish we could have got like um, just a, like an exhibit, a, a exhibition um, Thargoid CQC. <laughs> You know what? If they actually did that, you know, if you wanted to uh, to do in the the, um, the kind of Fortnite smaller circle idea, then basically what you do is you you guys all your guys do your battle royale, and if you're all still alive after about five minutes, then they send the Tharkoids in. Oh my god, I'm I am on board, Colin. You that that elevator pitch has sold me. Let's let's get Frontier on the blower. Job done. Oh, you have no idea how many of these ideas I've had for CQC all this time, and yeah, it's uh, yeah. What can I say, Alec? Yeah, I was just going to say I, I saw. I don't know if anyone else did this, but I saw really early on, within almost minutes of it appearing on the forum, I saw this post about I've just seen a Thargoid in CQC, and there was there was only a screenshot, and I've never scrutinised a screenshot so closely for JPEG artifacts before. I was going, oh yeah, yeah, come on, this is a, you know. And then I was reading every single post, going, I'm not sure I buy this. <laughs> but no it, it, it was officially taken out on Friday which to tell you the truth I'm a little bit oh <laughs> um, Shan we often talk about uh, CQC needing an incentive for players to play it and whatnot. so my tongue in cheek perhaps semi-serious suggestion is when you hit elite rank in CQC you get a Thargoid scout. It's your CQC ship. Well, uh, yeah, that, <laughs> that would I'm be I feel like they're a little bit overpowered in comparison to, I don't know, a Taipan. <laughs> oh, I don't know, like a, like a Thargoid. You know, one of those. Yeah, they're still a little bit overpowered in regards to a Taipan or well, anything. Well, the thing, thing is, though, if you're one of the three people that are actually elite CQC, you're going to be overpowered anyway. So what's the difference? Yeah, I must admit, you get stuck in the uh, in the CQC with the Chig or Musketeer. I'm sorry, you're dead. <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, there was a there was a quick update on um, yeah on Friday. Uh, no, the then the the discovery scanner came out on Monday uh, and. Let's just say that this there's a small announcement about um, what's happening with Horizons 4.0. And somebody picked up on the fact that they went, hang on a second, 4.0 is another separate instance. And as soon as that got picked up on, I'm afraid to say the forums went into a bit of a meltdown. Um, so let's, let's just quickly explain what's going on here. Um 
first of all, they had the uh, uh, the discovery scanner explaining exactly what's been happening in the last week, and you know, give uh, pointers to I think everything that we've really discussed so far. Um, the main issue was that uh, the instancing, well, we always knew that there wasn't going to be any crossover between Old Horizons and um, Odyssey. Um, however, there was the impression, well, there was the impression that there could the player base could be reunified uh, when Horizons 4.0 came out. But it turns out that's not the case. Um, so basically what's happening from now on, you have, you, with the, they will be releasing Horizons 4.0, which cannot, you cannot instance with anybody in Odyssey, and you cannot instance with anybody in 3.8 Horizons, um, which basically means that we now have three separate instances of Elite Dangerous. On PC. On PC. Uh, so when this was revealed, you can imagine that, um, yeah, there was an awful lot of um, discussion on the forums, which um, actually sparked a whole uh, couple of articles and other external news sites as well. Um, personally, I think, and I'm going to get this out of the way now, is that uh, although I can see why they've done it, I do feel that maybe if they'd been able to to basically instance across space, forget all the planet stuff, but instancing across space would probably be enough to stop a lot of the um, negativity that's coming over on this one. But I do understand why they've done it from a development point of view. <laughs> um, so Let's let's turn this over to. Let's start with um, uh, Alec. I mean, what's your impression of this? Yeah, I mean, I'd be interested to know if anyone else didn't think the 4.0 version of Horizons would allow instancing in space with Odyssey. I mean, I I certainly did. So I think, yeah, I think that statement came as quite a surprise to most people. Um, I don't know if this is the time or whether we want to do it at all, but I, it made me think. I mean, the main the main thing I got from it and, and thinking about it was, what is the point of the of the four point version of Horizons? Like, who would want it? Mm. Um, and I do have a, a list, but I mean, we can we can come back to that if you like. I don't mind. Um, no, let, let's open your list because this is probably going to touch on something else that um, that we were about to mention earlier. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So, so I mean, I, I think Lou Screws touched on it a bit as well last night, and I was it got me thinking. You know, what? Yeah. What? What is the? What is the point of the Horizons 4.0, and what are the differences? So, basically, what I what I've got is this short list of what you get if you switch from Horizons 3.8 as currently is to this new Horizons 4.0 client, assuming you don't have Odyssey, you haven't paid for Odyssey, so you haven't paid for the on foot content. I feel. You'll get the new the new user interface, Galaxy Map and System Map, and a few other places, which some people prefer, some people not so much. Um, so, arguable whether that's a pro or a con. Um, you get this um, physically based rendering of assets, PBR, um, which means 
I guess some stuff looks better. I, I forget to sort of notice it, but I guess the interior of your cockpit, some of the materials look a bit more like what they're made of. And I guess, you know, stations and other assets look different. Um, the downside is, and I think this is still true of several cases, that some of the paint jobs don't look the way they used to. So arguably they don't look like the paint jobs you paid for. I know that rubs some people up still. Um, you get the new lighting model. I think there is a new lighting model in in yes there is in four yes there is um again arguably better or worse um you know there's odd things like the lighting just turning on and off based on the your cockpit perspective rather than the perspective of a planet so a planet will just flick between light and dark based on where you are rather than where the planet is and stuff like that which is an odd you know flickering of shadows which they've improved a bit but it's still bad so so like a new lighting model not necessarily better um you 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 get reduced performance i'm I'm not being salty that's just a statement of absolute fact um you get a reduced performance yeah because um, we're comparing a game which is which came out last year with a game that came out five years before i, I mean I'm, I'm sort of trying to compare like for like so you're flying around in a spaceship in horizons 3.8 and you decide to do that in horizons 4.0 um you know um you'll get the new planet tech obviously that's controversial and i should point out you you, you still won't be able to land on thin atmospheric worlds i believe i think that's a no, part, of, part, part of the paid odyssey content right so you'll you'll get the new planet tech for non-atmospheric worlds you know so black sky planets you won't see any colored skies um so again that, it's questionable whether that's a bonus i mean if you ignore the atmospheric planets is the new planet tech better well any there are pros and cons i guess you'll get the scorpion srv yay plus a win that's good uh you'll get the ability to land at new settlements on non-atmospheric worlds you won't be able to get out at them but you will be able to trade at them and i guess you can take mugs to them so yay i guess that's a win you'll still be able to drive around them good point good point you can get out in either of your srvs and drive around them Mm-hmm. Um, you, I, uh, I'm going to come. I'm going to swap my these two around. Actually, um, you're going to get, <laughs> and this is, I guess, the main one of this announcement. You're going to get the inability to instance with either your old 3.8 friends or any new Odyssey friends. So you're splintered off into a middle group as far as instancing concerns, which is a big oof, I think, on this. Right. The final thing, and I think this is, I think you, I'll, I'll let you talk on this, uh, maybe because you pointed this out, is you get to experience the aftermath narrative content. Yeah. So currently you'll be able to see things like the Proteus wave site. You'll be able to gather logs from around HIP 22460. You'll be able to turn Guardian relics green. And I think most importantly, you'll get all future narrative content. That, um, that you know, Horizons would support. Yeah. Where, whereas if you're on 3.8, I, I think you're you're getting Galnet and maybe some CGs, and I think that's it. Yeah, now. that's that's it. I mean, um, my the the whole point for, in my opinion, for 4.0 is to experience the new narrative content, because as we've already seen, which uh, was something that um, was pointed out, the existing. Horizons players can't see any of the new aggressive Thargoids or any of the new um, aftermath content in HIP 22460. 3.8 has not been updated to handle that. And 
I uh, suspect that 4.0 Horizons owners, when they get hold of 4.0, that will be the only way that they'll be able to experience this new narrative because this is where it comes down to the code bases. They, um, they want to be uh, they want to be able to concentrate on 4.0 and Odyssey, which is effectively the same code base, in order to be able to progress it, and 3.8. Uh, and the same with the consoles, as long as the interfaces for Galnet and um, uh, for, and for the CGs aren't musk, mucked about with, that's all they're going to get. They're the, the only the only time they'll get any other fixes for uh, or any other updates will be as if they need to actually fix the client code to make sure it still works with Odyssey. Yeah, I wasn't on last week's show, but when you were talking about Update 13, I mean, that was the thing that struck me, and I did jump into 3.8 Horizons and test. Um, and yeah, it was it was blindingly apparent to me that this was the end of future narrative 3.8. You know, the logs weren't there. <laughs> the Thargoids weren't there. Um, yeah, three, three, if you go to HIP 22.460 and Horizon 3.8, it, it's stuck in the before times. Yeah, I mean, they, they have said this for, what, the last... Uh, six months that yeah. this this kind of thing was coming. Yeah. So um, yeah, it, I suppose after a while, um, it was it was it's still a shock when it happens. But yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, um, Shan. Uh, well, the one of the questions I have is that so does that make uh, players on three point eight the Lib Dens of elite players? Uh, but but also more more seriously um, I think this was done more for Frontier's benefit than the player's benefit and I completely understand as Colin said for those reasons (laughs) I love that it's like it's the Hufflepuff (laughs) (laughs) yeah indeed so the question the question I have regarding this do you think we will see Odyssey on sale soon to encourage people to move away from Horizons and therefore make their job easier. Right, uh, Odyssey's already been on a Steam sale. Again, sorry, I'm looking for some kind of sales push to try and persuade. It's every time every time a sale is on Odyssey's in it. It's thirty quid at the moment. It will probably be fifteen quid the next time it's in a sale. There's a sale. What? We've just had a sale. We had the summer sale. It was in that. We're probably going to have a um, a sale sort of towards the end of summer. Don't don't Steam do like a back, some kind of back to school sale or some shit like that. I don't. <laughs> see, I, I, see, I don't call fifteen quid a game on sale. Like, so it might be. I call it like a fiver for me. That's it. That's a, it's a year old. It was initially thirty quid. It's in the thirty quid at the moment. It's a year old. Fifteen quid is. Is a, is a fair price for a game that's a year old being in sale. Um, five quid is Horizons that has been around for five years. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. At this point, 15 quid is is good value. For, I, I think it's excellent value for money at, at, uh, <laughs> at yeah. 15 quid. Because, um, you know, we've paid more for that for some of the... Uh, uh, some of the ship kits, to be honest, when you, you do some of the translations... It's true. Um, yes, Katiana is correct? now saying Hufflepuffs are violent. I'm definitely going to regret having said that. <laughs> Incidentally, how much per game does that make if you had a lifetime pass? 
I, I don't mean the Kickstarter one, I mean the Horizons one they did. I, I don't understand what you mean. Well, we've had three expansions. Yep. Well, oh, two expansions. Two expansions, yes. So, it's all right. I, I just think that we'll see, a, we'll see a sales push to get people away from the Hufflepuff. The, the good grief, you're us. <laughs> really pushing the Hogwarts thing here. When you think about the lifetime pass, that was basically if, if you got in at the Kickstarter, the beta pass, it was about £85. Now, when you, you add up the original release prices of all three DLCs, you're actually quids in. If you got the lifetime pass with Horizons, that's where you. Th- I think you'd have to wait for one more DLC at about thirty quid to be paid to be breaking even. Because I remember going through this because there's these massive arguments when Beyond was released about you know um, when Beyond was released for free. Uh, how many people were saying that they just ripped off all the like lifetime past members and all most of the lifetime yeah, past members that. were so, there turning around going, well, we don't feel ripped off. So do stop, we feel talking for us? Yeah, so do we feel that the split in the player base is for it because they technically they can't do it, or do you think there's another reason? For example, like someone mentioned Peggy ratings on stuff. I think it's Peggy rating. Yeah. I, I I think there are technical issues in the way. Um even though I think they, they could probably do like they did with the the base game and horizons where where it was shared there i wish they could do the same there but and i i don't want to i don't want to second guess programmers but uh, the programmers or the dev teams but i am a little confused why that wasn't allowed through but as far as the planetary stuff is concerned i can completely understand why they're separate you can't instance alec i know you've been waiting uh, yeah, just I mean, on that, I suppose I guess it is. I think it's Peggy rating. I, I don't. I don't think it's technical. It's the same software. I mean, all the Horizons 4.0 client is. It's the same damn software with with a couple of features turned off. You know, paid for features gated by a, you know, the equivalent of a of a key. You know, I mean, it's mm. just it's, it's the same bit of software. But what the only thing I was going to say, and I forgot to sort of mention it on my list, is that um, I guess the other benefit of the the horizons 4.0 client is it it lets i'm I'm guessing there's a quite a few people out there who maybe are considering odyssey Mm -hmm. um but are wary that their low-end pc won't run it and it's a free chance to benchmark that and test it so maybe so maybe people will install it try it and go oh i'm getting 40 frames a second that's all right and go and buy odyssey but for most people, that's not the slow bit. The walking around on the planets is the well, slow bit. Well, somebody in Liz Cruz Discord said this to me. I mean, may, maybe I'm unusual. For me personally, the single slowest frame rate I get is landing at or near a settlement. Really? It, yeah, absolutely. My game absolutely grinds to two frames a second for about a minute, and then it picks up, and then if I get out on foot and run around, it's fine. So, so, so what? for me... No, sorry, I carry on. So yeah, so so for me, it would have been a very valuable benchmark. I don't tend to do much settlement stuff because of that, and I would have been able to find that out with a Horizons four point client. Uh, that's but, a shame. I used to have the same issue approaching planetary ports, but that seemed to disappear about update eleven, 
which, mm. um, yeah. Go on, Sean. Uh, yeah, I was going to ask a question. So, am I right in thinking that it's the on, it's the on foot pew pew mm-hmm. that gives Odyssey its Peggy rating? Yes, um, Peggy rating of seven for Horizons and it's sixteen for Odyssey. So, uh, since you can't actually land on a, and have on foot pew pew, mm-hmm. why would that then therefore affect the Peggy rating? Because. Oh, like, because you can land um, in um, 4.0, you can land on a planet um, that has a settlement and you can drive around that settlement, but you can't see people walking around. If you were instance with another player who is walk- running around shooting people, that is instantly above the Peggy rating that you have. Yeah. As, as soon as you involve shooting people, then that's it. That's It's... The Peggy ratings. All right, so you're saying that if I was on Horizons and I landed on a settlement, yeah. I wouldn't see Psyche on the murder. Sp- I would see Psyche on the murder spree, but I wouldn't see who she's murdering. Well, you wouldn't be. You wouldn't be able to see. That's why they've had to keep the instances separate. You cannot possibly see another a player running around on a murder spree with you landing on that planet. Another player. It might be me. It could easily be somebody else as well, Jan. But um, no, no. Let's, let's be honest. It will be you. It will be me. But um, yeah. if you 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 wouldn't be able to. You wouldn't physically be able to land on a planet, see people walking around and see those people getting shot with a gun because that breaks the Peggy rating that is in your game. So to make it probably just easier rather than having to make new pocket instances left, right and centre whenever you're coming down on a, on a planet. Because I will say I did a lot of like turning turning um, blue raspberry flavoured relics into mint flavoured relics over the weekend with my with my husband and only did we uh, we only realized that we were not actually in a team about three hours into doing it because the instancing was absolutely perfect um instancing has been in, in my um from my experience at the moment instancing is really good it the game really wants to throw you in with other players when you can and for that to not be able to take effect it's easier to just blanket not anybody so you what Alex, yeah yeah so i'm trying to think this through and i haven't been done, well, the, 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 the main issue that you've got to i mean the one reason why i'm, I'm a little bit hesitant about this. I mean, I can understand the planet side stuff completely, and I accept that. I mean, because as soon as you start adding in the fact that you've got an SLV that can shoot people, then that would mean a 16 rating, and yeah, that that would... That's that's not going to fly with, uh, uh, with the present Horizons rating. However, I do feel that they might have missed a trick by not be not instancing the space stuff, because if I remember rightly, this means that CQC is still separate now on three instances instead of one. Which, yeah. Um, so, uh, so, quick question to Alex, just just get my head straight, because otherwise I'll be thinking about this all day. So, Alex, you said that in this new instancing, if you are any sort of Horizons player. You cannot land on a planet on a planet with a thin atmosphere. Is that correct? That's my understanding. That's part of the paid yeah. Odyssey content. So, can you then? Because if you can't land on a planet with no atmosphere, 
you'll never meet a player on a murder spree anyway because you can't... No, that's not right. No, that's that's not right because um, they've got outposts on non-atmospheric planets, haven't they? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I just wanted to... You you won't be able to see any organics because they are only on atmospherics, right? Yes, but you will be able to see settlements because they are on non-atmospherics. And therefore, you would be able to see psychic murdering people. I mean, sorry, somebody. No, no, murdering. no. It's fine. It's fine. I will. I will. I, I'm feeling very close to a murder spree at the moment, Alec. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> say spree. <laughs> Quick, someone hide. Someone hide the sharp objects from psychics, please. It's all right. We'll just land. We'll just log in the three point eight client. That's all right. It's not something I'm ever fucking planning on doing. <laughs> Right. Um, well, I think we've touched on this um, a lot. I, th- I do feel that in this case, um, I, like I said, I understand why they've done it. Um, I do feel they've, made a, a, they've missed a slight trick on it, but um, yeah, we'll just we'll just have to wait and see how it, how it pans out. Um, however, do you think that they're going to actually pause things really until four point zero is ready? As far as the plot's concerned, couple of weeks tops. The next update. When's the next major update due? Or do we think it'll be a CG past that? Well, yeah. I I don't necessarily think they need to. I mean, it depends. The the first steps in the aftermath, um, you know, narrative could be some Galnet articles and CG that that everyone can join in on, even three point eight. So there, there may be a slow start that gives them a bit of ramp-up time to get the 4.0 client out, do you think? Yeah, it, it's just, um, yeah, it's just I wonder whether or not if they're, they're going to wait until basically they can get as many people to, to experience the plot, especially after um, there were so many complaints from 3.8 of Horizons players that they couldn't see the new Azimuth content. Yeah. Or aftermath content. I've got to call it the right thing. I've got to call it the right thing. Um, right. <laughs> I think after after all that excitement, uh, we'll we'll have to uh, uh, to move on. Um, so let's have a quick look at the events which have happened this week. Well, uh, last Tuesday, <laughs> surprisingly enough. Um, Galnet confirmed that the Thargoids have conquered HIP 22460. Uh, we'll talk more on that later. Uh, on the 11th, um, the silent aftermath was mentioned where basically everybody was just in shock uh, about what uh, occurred in HIP 22460. Um, on the 12th, uh, the superpowers have confirmed that the fleets have withdrawn from the Thargoid control system. They are either withdrawn or have been destroyed. And we know that there's certainly a lot of uh, uh, destroyed uh, ships there. Um, they're also on the 15th, uh, the rumours have arisen about a new alien artefact that has been discovered. Um, and that is where uh, the, uh, a certain commander was mentioned. Uh, just let me double-click that to try and... Oh, never mind. Uh, we'll come back to that. Um, Alone? Um, mm-hmm. Alone, it was. Willow, yes. Willow, Willow was uh, credited uh, in actually uh, creating... What, what has been now uh, Krallone, there we go 
take a drink, everybody. I got it wrong. Um, what's, what people call the the Grelics? I think I think that, like, there's that, a lot you, of different uh, names. There's a lot of different names. People are calling them Threlics, Grelics, Spearmint, Relics. Um, <laughs> I was confused that pepper. I, I got my peppermint and spearmint all the way along, one way round. People have called them Garlics. Um, oh, that's a good one. I saw. I saw. We decided on Urelics earlier because of unidentified relics, and we we're making a portmanteau, but we don't like that one very much. Um, Why yeah, there's quite a few. Okay, okay, now garlic's bread, garlic's bread. <laughs> it's back well, to the garlic again. I feel a community question coming on here to see what people want to call them. <laughs> Um, but unfortunately, one of the things that was missed, re- was hidden underneath all that, was the Alliance Sirius Pact has now been accelerated. Um, obviously, the events in HIP 22460 has accelerated Sirius um, and the Alliance getting into bed with one another. Uh, and then on the 16th of the 8th, the Far God Cult has celebrated the thousands of deaths at the hands of or tentacles, rather, of the Thargoids, which, um, yeah, I thought, hard to say when who, who to cheer for, really, because um, Salvation was trying to commit genocide and basically got hit instead, which was, yeah, different. So, um, one thing that we do have to point out at the moment, there was another casualty uh, to the events in HIP 22460. Um, the Galnet News Digest, we believe, has been hit by Thargoids, and we will not have a Galnet News Digest at the end of tonight's show. Uh, we, we, we do send out our sympathies to both Commanders Beetlejude and and Wotherspoon and hope that they recover from their from their um, Thargoid infestation soon. I reckon they'll get better though. I'm pretty sure it's not it's not quite as terminal as some of the other people. It, if, if I see them, they're being delivered to Essien Dawn. <laughs> so, I already yeah. recovered them in my rescue ship, burning peasant smell, and they're fine. <laughs> <laughs> we 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 know the safe. We know the safe. So that means that this time this it's that time of the week. Store a lot. Welcome back. Um, unfortunately, um, after all the excitement this week, all we've got to um, <laughs> got to look at is the, Mi- the Viper Mark IV accelerator skins. Um, yeah, guys, it's the Viper Mark IV. <laughs> Anybody got any interest in this? A Viper Mark IV that looks like Evil Knievel? Uh, 
Yeah, I was getting the Evil Knievel vibe, actually. I quite like that. <laughs> yeah, but it's a, it's, it's a vibe, Mark Four. That's like yeah. putting in Evil oh, Knievel stuff on a JCB. I don't think you're thinking laterally enough, Colin, because the good thing about the Viper Mark IV and indeed the Python and Crate is they're flat on top. So being evil can evil, you could use that as a ramp, your SRV. <laughs> I like it. Of course, I'm, I'm not thinking an evil in evil can evil enough. Um, i got to ask, how many people actually fly the Mark IV? Somebody must, because they're selling paint skins for it. I feel like I've only done so if it's been a requisite ship for, a, a, like, a regulation ship in a buckyball race. If it's ever been that, I've definitely got one. And it's likely that if they do, an, if there's a race with another e Viper, it's likely that I would put the skin with all the stars on it. Um, but... I don't know necessarily that I'd go out of my way to get this. I have a question for Alec, actually. I don't know if we've asked Alec this yet. Um, I'm trying to remember. Have you bought any hazard ship kits? Uh, yes. Yeah. I've got, yes, I've got, I've got one for the crate so far. Yes. Was there any? Did, did they do one for the Chieftain? No. No. Poor um, off. Poor Actually, actually I'll, I'll throw a question back at Psychic. Looking at this Viper Mark IV, it suddenly struck me, Psychic. Do you know on Flight Assist, has anyone ever picked the, no. the Mark IV as their least favourite or worst ship? I don't think it's ever gone past anybody's mind that that no. might be it, might be something. It's like so insignificant, it's it, it's even, it's just ignored, I think. I, I feel like, I, I feel like if if you're going to go for like um, um, a, a ship that's good for Odyssey, I feel like there are a lot more ships that you would pick before the Viper. Yeah. See, I think if they were going to do an Evil Can Evil paint skin, they've missed a trick because they should do two Evil Can Evil paint skins. First of all, one for SRVs, and second, an Evil Can Evil flight suit. Oh, yes, please. I would go for that only if there's a cape. Oh, yeah, you need a cape. We need the good old Landor Calrissian cape. Did Evil Can Evil have a cape? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Even the little figure had a cape. What, the one you ramped up and zoomed off? And hit oh, yeah. out or something. I think yeah. he may have taken it off before he did his stunts. I think he used to walk out in a cape, but he may have taken it off. Oh, so that was like his. So it was like his boxing outfit, you know, the boxing. I think so. I could wearing. be wrong. I okay. think so. Yeah, because basically, what what would happen was that basically you'd have the evil can evil van with a ramp, and then you'd you'd wind up the little um, the little evil can evil bike with him on, and he, and basically it's the only time the the cape would flap as it would go flying off over the uh, uh, over the camper van, and then probably land in the dog's kennel for it to get chewed. I just googled, and you are perfectly correct. The evil can evil twelve inch action figure had a cape. <laughs> uh, that's uh, that why it made me laugh so much when I saw Toy Story 4 and kaboom <laughs> oh Canada <laughs> so the evil yes. states suing Disney over that one by the way they were grumpy about it seriously yep oh wow well anything to try try and get into the deep pockets of Disney I think they'll um, probably make a mini series about him or something just to make up for it 350 quid for that. Oh, I shouldn't have thrown it out. <laughs> right. Um, we are going to take a break and then we're going to come back with a, a 
our main discussion of Update 13 and its consequences. From the makers of the MB5 Shaving Drone comes the latest in personal grooming technology. Here at Saracen, we've heard your request loud and clear. You want something new. Applying all the recent technological advances. Introducing the Panther Clipper. Gone are the days of your unruly body hair making you look like a bedraggled alpaca. The Panther Clipper is the biggest, baddest shaver credits can buy. A shave so smooth it'll shave 10 milliseconds off your buckyball time. The new Panther Clipper from Saracen. It's exactly what you've been asking for. 07 Commanders and welcome in. I'm Commander Psychic and with me, as always, is Command... Oh no, wait, this is Slave Radio. public service announcement from the fuel rats. Please stop what you're doing and pay attention. If we can rescue you, we will, but you can help us help you by following these easy steps. One, fly 50 light seconds or so from the system's main star and drop out of supercruise. Two, note down the current system and the nearest stellar body. Three, if you're on emergency life support, log out immediately. Four, Go to FuelRats.org and click Get Help. Five, stay calm, hold your breath, and let our seasoned professionals do what they do best. The Fuel Rats. We have fuel, you don't. Any questions? The Dex Legacy on Lave Radio, broadcasting to every corner of the galaxy. Is your life like this? It could be like this. Astrogator Tours, put some excitement back in your life. Book an adventure in the Lave Business Park. Now. Okay. 
and welcome back. Now, as you may have gathered, um, we're going to be talking about update 13 again. Now, as um, <clears throat> Shan wasn't here last week when it all dropped, and he's played it for a bit. <laughs> Shan, I'm going to turn it over to you for a minute. Uh, yeah, as I say, I, um, I, I watched last week's show and uh, witnessed the complete gushing of people, which was actually quite effective. I then couldn't wait to come back and uh, and have a look personally. So th there's a few things I think just need sort of touching on, um, and they're kind of separate but also linked. Is the first one is the way the story was implemented, and I think Frontier did they actually crack on job with that. They they did it as well as could have been expected, given the um, the abilities of the uh, overly dangerous. So the cutscene, we, we thought we wanted like a Commander Chronicles cutscene. And um, um, they gave us that. And, uh, and so, yeah, the way it was done, I think I don't think they could have done any better. Um, the actual outcome of the story, I, I don't think there was anyone who was surprised by it not really working. Um, personally, I was a little bit disappointed only HIP 22460 uh, was affected by the Great Reset because I wanted it to be in every system. Um, because it, you know, it's kind of like the Thargoids, great, we can knock out all their evil Guardian weapons, but only in one system. You know, it's not, really a, it's not really a win. For Give the, it time, uh, I reckon. Well, 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 we'll see. The other thing that, um, that springs to mind, and I'm not sure it was touched on in uh, last week's show, is the potential effect on game mechanics and progression. And the, the reason why I say that is, effectively, Thargoids have become almost a bit too easy with the suits of Guardian, we um, Guardian weapons. Yeah. Um, so they needed to roll back those changes to make Thargoids challenging again. So that, was, I think, was the mechanic, why that happened. And so I was a bit disappointed they stuff now works everywhere else, but we'll see. The other thing I think it has been touched on by a couple of other streamers that sprang to mind is I'm a little concerned with the way the game mechanics are going in that, well, your Guardian weapons don't work anymore, so let's go through a, another set of, of grind, let's, let's do some more power creep, let's introduce a gear treadmill to make Thargoids easy again. And it makes me a little nervous thinking about using gear treadmills, etc., because that tends to be um, very developer resource intensive because what happens is people come in, they swoop in, they devour the new content, and then they even go elsewhere. So the developers then enter a content race to try and beat the people who rush through the content. So rather than giving players a sandbox to play in and make their own fun, they focus in on power creep and things like that. So, again, that's speculation on my part at the moment, but I really hope they don't get into a, a power creep gear treadmill method of progression because I am not sure that's sustainable. Right. right. Well, I'm, I'm going to stop you there. I think they've learned the lesson from uh, what happened with the Guardian stuff. I'm, I'm with you about the fact that the Guardian... Um, the Guardian weapons made uh, Thargoids far, far too easy. 
I mean, we were seeing the anti-Xenia initiative just basically gib um, hydras like crazy. Admittedly, they'd, they'd taken that technique because there was still the um, the heart bug at the time, but because of the way that people have been have been um, doing. Thargoids, I, I yeah, it, it kind of cheapened the experience. Now, um, as far as you wanted it everywhere, I I I don't think that would have worked. But I do think that what's coming soon is going to be a rapid expansion to uh, to to just the one system. Is it's I've I've put it down to this is the equivalent of the breach in Pacific Rim as of this point now we're going to have monsters and uh, systems going to the Thargoids starting from that point and it's going to come out rapidly and the only way we're going to stop them is basically by still uh, fighting off the Thargoids with probably new weapons which yeah we will have to grind for but I don't think it will be as bad as grind as the one before. And then on top of that, maybe the only way that this is going to solve it is if we eventually come back to HIP two, uh, 2460 at some point and seal the breach and switch off the Proteus wave. Because it's the Thargoid's corruption of the Proteus wave, which has basically triggered the whole thing. And uh, yeah, straight to Shan, then to Alec, and then we're on to Psychic. Yeah, I mean the the reason why I I think there will be a power creep is simply because you don't take away what players have already earned. So, and also probably why you don't we won't see it happen everywhere either, because an awful lot of people put an awful amount of time in getting guardian weapons, and to have them suddenly not work and be effective everywhere would seem like a slap in the face to them. So I'm not sure we will see them everywhere. Um, but what I do think we'll see is these bogey relics or garlics or whatever you want to call them. I think they will be part of the new engineering materials to um, make these new improved weapons. But I say there must be a real temptation to keep upping the ante and upping the power levels of weapons, which isn't really... Personally, my cup of tea. I don't like games with power. No, I'm I'm with you that I hope they don't do this because the main point is that Thargoids need to be a challenge. That they they are the big PVE big bad at the end, and you need to have you need to have that balance in order to you know to encourage the combat with it. And I think they've learned the lesson that um, the Guardian weapons made it too easy i agree but the question sorry the the question i then have is do you if you like simply up the hit points of a thyroid cyclops and interceptor or as i hope they'll do introduce a new variant that requires different tactics to kill so you don't actually up you don't actually up the inherent dps or resilience of your ships you change the encounter to need different tactics. Yeah. Um, I, I'll, I'll tentatively agree with that. Um, we'll move over to Alec. Yeah. So on, on the 
the issue of of, the, of the, this effect only being in HIP twenty two four sixty, I I really hope that spreads. I, I would love to see that spread. I mean, currently we have systems that go into sort of a thyroid incursion state, mm-hmm. and really I, I don't engage with thyroids that much. But as I kind of understand it, it, it's an opportunity for the community to go and have a bit of fun. You know, AXI jump on it, and it's like a bit of a playground. But it, but to the average player, it's not really threatening it, it, it's a system that's in currently in thyroid incursion isn't a scary place to go particularly no. and what i would love to see is that what we see in hip 22460 become like either a new state or what it means when a system goes into thyroid incursion you know imagine i mean shinrata's probably wouldn't happen for a very long time but imagine you're trying to get to jameson memorial and the minute you drop out in normal space there are thyroids on you like flies on that would be yes. terrifying that would be amazing and that would give people a reason to then really fight that not just the axi people who enjoy it but everyone would be suddenly really trying to get them out of those systems again and then my my other thought is the the thing that we see down on the planet the um, the proteus wave you know after effect if you like do you people interpret that as kind of the leftover glow of a weapon that's just exploded and left a sort of hideous afterglow? Mm. Or do we think that is active and pumping out an effect into the system which is actively shutting down our stuff? Do we I think do. The latter. Yeah, the, the latter. latter. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What the thyroid seed to do is reverse the polarity of the neutron flow on the Proteus wave. So that's great. So that really suggests to me that they could put that into other systems and that, you know, you'll have, I guess, I guess only systems with Thargoid bases currently, which is, hmm, I have to think about that. But it would be... Oh, wasn't the Proteus wave supposed to be multi, multi-system? It was, well, yeah, the, 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 the Proteus wave was supposed to be, was supposed to utilize the... Uh, the network, the the connection between all the Thargoid bases, because apparently there's a, there you could take a a link uh, or a probe or something, drop it, and it would point to the next Thargoid base. Yeah, and they were hoping to exploit that kind of communication in order to spread the Proteus wave through every single single Thargoid base there was. Now, if the Thargoids have reverse engineered that and it's going the other way, that will eventually mean every Thargoid base and every Thargoid system could kick out this wave. Yep. And maybe they have worked out a way to actually take the the, the Thargoid um, Proteus weapon and put that into human systems. I mean, I think that would be amazing. Or the yeah. big noise, we, the big noise we hear at the end of the cutscene is a Thargoid mothership that can deploy that in any damn system. It feels like, which would also be amazing. Oh, that would be, and always a psychic. The 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 messages that we started getting from um, uh, your boy Daddy Savlon right towards the end were it was we we're going to be drawing instead of. Initially, it was like we're going to wipe the Thargoids out of the bubble. We're going to wipe right. the Thargoids out of this bubble. It's going to affect like 
all of the systems. And then he kept drawing back in what he was saying. Oh, it's not, it's only going to be part of the bubble. It's only going to be a little part. It was, he'd be here and it will go to a couple more systems. And then it was like, yeah, we've managed to actually draw, actually, we've managed to draw all the Thargoids to this system and we're going to wipe out every single Thargoid and it will be enough to make sure that they go away forever. Happy, happy times. Um, and obviously, obviously we know that didn't work. Um, I, I didn't catch, I'm sorry, um, I, I'm going to blame, I'm going to blame the, the storms that we're having. I didn't catch what you said about um, Thargoids having an active site or not. I, I, I was conf- confused about, about the confusion that you were having about that because it was an active site as far as I was aware. Yeah, I mean, my, my only confusion on it was the, the idea of this effect spreading to other systems and, and particularly systems, you know, that people are going to to trade and stuff. Is I suddenly thought, ah, but it would only be systems currently that have a Thargoid base because that's where the effect comes from, which wouldn't be nearly as interesting. I mean, there'd be places out of the way that you wouldn't actually affect normal day-to-day play. I wonder, I wonder, because there was some in the... Um in the uh, uh, patch notes, it was talks about a pending incursion state. Damn, that's um, what I wanted to talk about. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, and I wonder if that is something that can be triggered with like a, um, and this is a technical term, a mm. metric button of Guardian stuff being delivered to a particular station. Would that be a, and it's something that we've, t- I've talked about in, ver- in various places. Is that, is it something that we can trigger on any, uh, with any site by taking like a, um, a, a huge, a vast amount of guardian weaponry or wet or items, which make the thaws go, Oh, Oh lads, look, there's something on, there's something over here. Maybe now we should divert our attention over to this and, so are and you begin thinking, it. Yeah. Are you thinking you like me? UA bombing, yeah, just like UA bombing. It, it, it's definitely something that we that's been spoken about. But it's not just UA bombing. It's it's not just going to damage a station. It will also it could also have the opportunity to develop um, Thargoid conflict zones and things like that. Um, and all of those kind of things would be built out of this this incursion state. Yeah, it's, it's funny you should mention that, but um, we'll, I'll let Shango first before I put my Yeah, I mean, one of the things that has been um, noted over the past few years is how careful FDEV have been to make Thargoid combat optional and the effect of Thargoids optional. Because there's currently only one system where Thargoids are grumpy at you. Everywhere else, they, they're the usual nonchalant selves. And which basically means outside of HIP, Thargoid conflict is down to you, the player, to instigate it or do something to do that. So that would be quite a change in game philosophy for them to suddenly impose Thargoid-related content on players that didn't want it. And I'm just asking, is that something we think they would do? Would you welcome that? Or do you think it should remain an opt-in activity? I wish they'd do it. Make systems dangerous. Yeah. It's like it. Do you want to just jump in? Yeah. Um, it, specifically around the most recent Galnet. So around the, the, far, the, the Far God Court being so happy and loving Thargoids so much and Thargoids are friends, not food and all of that kind of thing. I think the best way to 
from a narrative perspective, one of the most interesting ways to point out that the Thargoids are out for blood and going to be going to be the actual worst. And we're now entering this world of um, we now. Yeah, we've got no no choice. We have to fight. It's a dangerous um, it's a dangerous universe out there. Um, we've done enough. Would be for the Thargoids to absolutely decimate some of the Thargoid megaships. Yeah, I mean, I am hoping that um, what's going to happen is is you know the this pre incursion state. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that we get similar gameplay gameplay to what was happening with the capital ships and HIP. Uh, two two four six zero, where capital ships come under scout attack that you can actually defend them, and same with the, uh, the much requested um, feature where you have scouts attacking actual stations. You manage to fight them off. Uh, you, you take down enough uh, scouts, then basically it doesn't go into incursion. Otherwise, boom, there goes the station and, and the whole incursion thing happens again. What happened last time is that we had the Eagle Eye Network, which would tell you which system was in danger of becoming uh, becoming an incursion target. And I don't know whether or not, well, we don't know whether or not this that same kind of mechanic is going to be used again. John? Yeah, yeah. I was, I, was, I, was, I was going to, I was going to say the, but your idea of actually having an incursion or pre-incursion um, state that still isn't opt-in by the player. They don't get sucked into. Con- they still have to enter a conflict zone. They still have to enter a certain area. Not, not, not if they well, yeah, but not if they're if they want to dock at a station, they're still going to have to dodge around the the uh, the scouts that are attacking that station. And what about if we, um, like, I I've got this, I've got this vision of like various commanders who have been let, let let's say um folks who have been incredibly pro pro thargoid and suddenly finding themselves in this incursion state and then having thargoids attacking their home bases having that as a real a real date um, a real and present danger in the galaxy make, makes me so genuinely excited especially with how how much how how much of an effect they're having on guardian weaponry at the moment yeah, yeah, I'd, 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 I'd like that too to get to some comeuppance. What, what I'm trying to focus on in my thinking personally is I'm trying to look at the game mechanics this story or change initiates. You know, so the story's great. We can get sucked into the, you know, the story and all that kind of stuff, which is fantastic mm-hmm. and welcome. But what I'm thinking is, okay, so all the Guardian, the Guardian stuff currently doesn't work. What does that do for anti-thyroid combat now? What could it do if it stays the same? How a frontier going to make it more interesting and more challenging to fight thyroids going ahead? Because narrative and stuff is great, but that's only half the equation. The other part is gameplay, and it's a gameplay side I'm thinking on at the moment. So my my sorry sorry for jumping in there my apologies but my my immediate thought on that would be um we have a pending incursion state we have the incursion state which is where you have your normal weapons if you don't manage to like in a similar vein of the BGS the BG it's going to be a BGS state so if you can't do what you need to do to get rid of that BGS state um 
within the the set amount of time um you can then um that then it moves on to that state where they've act they activate something within the system this is obviously this is all hypothetical but they act activate there is something activated within the system and then your guardian weapons are screwed and then you really have to fight for it yeah i mean i'm well okay well i'm gonna hand over to alec first because he's, he's got dots <laughs> Sorry, it was just a thought that popped into my head, actually, that I, I thought Shannon was going here with with the requirement to have the 4.0 client to experience the new nav- narrative that, mm-hmm. that kind of suggests there are things to see, you know, new things to see, new game mechanics, new assets, something um, that's quite fundamental to new content. And then I just suddenly had, had the thought that the, the Proteus wave effect that we see, yep. if the theory about that spreading to other systems was true and was a major part of the new narrative you know the idea that new systems would get that effect in them that would be fighting them back then yeah they'd want to deploy that new asset on that planet surface that we can only see in the 4.0 client all over the place um yeah i'm sure that they'll have that technology in order to do it it's probably accompanied by a big whaley whaley noise that occurred at the end of the um at the end of the indeed and more cutscenes but that's that's gameplay, not game mechanics, personally. But I think that um, what you were saying about different clients is interesting because I already know of people who have been deliberately logging into Horizons so they can escape the consequences of HIP T two four six zero. Yeah, yeah. But the, the thing is, about um, if you log into the older version of Horizons, then you will also miss out on the rewards and the gameplay that 4.0 and Odyssey provides. Yeah, so, but if you don't want your ship blown up and you just don't want, you want to opt out of it, you can just go to Horizons and opt out of it. Yeah, but the, the main point of going to some of these places is effectively you're wanting the encounter with the Thargoids. Um, I don't see them doing a full incursion into the bubble, but I do feel that the Pleiades, if, you, if you've got a, a home base in the Pleiades or the Witchhead Nebula, um, you better start watching out because so they're the, the ones that are going to target. Do the OP Guardian weapons work in HOAP in Horizons client? In other words, if you go to Horizons, do your super-duper Guardian weapons still work in HOAP? I don't know whether or not they do, but you wouldn't be able to shoot at any Thargoids anyway because they're not in that system. Yeah, I was going to say, I think they do, but there's nothing to shoot. Oh, so Grumpy Thargoids only spawn in Odyssey. You don't get grumpy, you don't get normal Thargoids in Horizons, in HFB. Okay. No, you don't. <laughs> um, right, so... <laughs> um, hopefully, I mean, do you think... How fast do you think this is going to unfurl? Do you think... I was hoping that... You know, this the last Thursday, um, we'd get a shock where the next, the next layer of the next movement would happen. Um, do you think they're going to wait, or do you think they're they're going to have to move on momentum? Um, Psyche. I think it's going to um, a lot of it is going to hinge on how many uh, garlics, urelics, whatever you want to call them, how many of those have been delivered to Daddy, Ram and Papa Palin, um, who, um, and once they've given us their research and they might be able to then give us an option for 
for other other weaponry there might be a i'm expecting i'm expecting a cg for um potent a, a potential cg from um mr Ra uh, mr ramtar and a professor palin um to um get as many um guardian relics as i can to there, um, I mean, well, I'm hoping for a CG. Although there might also be a CG to um, get them over to the Ark. Oh my God, what's it called? The Archimedes. That's the Aegis mothership. That's Aegis megaship, right? Mm -hmm. And because that's the one that was mentioned in Monday's Galnet episode they were talking about oh we've discovered these new things i bet you aegis will pay a bet a pretty penny for them nb they don't at the moment it's just ram and um yeah uh palin that are paying um just palin pays just shy of a million and ram pays just over a million um for for them um so that might happen but also there is another thing that is happening um the megaships that are the other remaining azimuth megaships and the um the serious megaship they yes. are all on the move they yes, are going to be moving on the 25th so next thursday so that might um uh give some more of a resolution to the azimuth saga so we've got a good couple of weeks wherein they can um frontier can then start looking at bringing implementing the, that 4.0 4.0 3.8 difference and those different things wherein there might not be a lot of a lot of like huge big story beats but wrapping up some loose ends potentially yeah okay Sean? um i think the next phase i think will depend on how well the how quickly shall we say the players um solve the outstanding mystery, you know, like, like the, the, the garlic thing, what to do with those, how they work, all that sort of stuff, I'm hoping, will be played, the timing will be player-driven. So if people are really quick and solve it, then they'll move to the next phase. I, I wouldn't like to think it was on some sort of artificial frontier timescale and that somehow we players could speed that up. That that would be good. Um, will, I, will it wait for the... Um, the 4.0 and the code merge it probably should because the longer they leave it the longer players miss out on the new content yeah i mean you could take the that argument even further by waiting for the console transfers but um i i think personally i think they're probably going to hold off until 4.0 is ready for deployment and then that's uh that's where it's going to go um, right, I think we're going to, um, all right, apparently the serious ships are moving this Thursday. Yeah, that's right. Uh, uh and, um, after that, the azimuth is the, the Thursday. Yeah, after. the Thursday after. And the reason, sorry, the reason that that's important is because at the moment you can't get the Mimbuni permit anywhere. Operation which I'm doing its thing. Um, so what it's what one of them is doing, I think it's obviously it's not the ones that are destroyed, but one of them, I forget the name of it, is moving to a system which has nothing else in but is um 25 um 25 light years from um Mbuni. So if you have azimuth rep, you can now 
well, as of the 25th, you'll be able to go back and get the Mbuni per- permit, which in turn will give you access to the super shiny Guardian weapons that are only available in Mbuni. Excellent. Right. Um, LHS okay. 157. Thanks, Katie. <laughs> right. Okay, so we're going to round this up. Um, well, we asked this question to uh, to everybody last week, Shan. So um, have you enjoyed the the update 13 content so far i've enjoyed the the um the way the story was told uh, i think that's a, was a real step up in frontier the, the way they the way they've done it was very was very good as to the update well it kind of remains to be seen what happened with well, the way it's done afterwards and i think i've mentioned my thoughts on that a few times so yeah on the on the whole the way the story was presented and stuff like that they did as i said they did it as well as i could have expected them to do right okay then um right we're going to move on from there and touch on a couple of community items that have happened uh first up dom corner has provided what communal <laughs> which everybody um i think this seems to be a universal time. It's the Uno card flip. So this is the gar- the uh, Thargoid Uno card flip, which they played on the Porteous Wave, um, <laughs> which is uh, a quite a nice design there. Um, and, of course, the unclassified relics, which is something that both myself and uh, uh, Psychic have been, have been transforming. Um, yeah, it's, I think this Commander Zorba Dundee has done a comparison where you can actually see a a relic next to a relic, and you can you can see the differences. And yeah, it's um, it's quite yeah, it's quite corrupted. The Thargoid one does look as if it's corroded. Um, Chan, you got a question on the card? Yes, the Thargoid symbol. On the yes. flip card, um, aren't there a number of Thargoid symbols in the game? Yes, there and are. Each, each we, Thargoid interceptor has its own different symbol. And then, do we know if there is any potential background me- meaning in the symbol use on this card by Don <laughs> Corner, who is a frontier developer? Absolutely fucking not. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? He's like giving us giving people secret law. Nah, it's just a Thargoid symbol. It's a joke. Psychic, <laughs> uh, but the lightning things. Lightning things! I blew one up with lightning. It was so exciting when we took about two. You blew, you blew up a relic with lightning. Yeah, yeah, because it had lightning in it. The, one of one of the last things that we did on Friday on the um, on stream was we sat and we did something very similar to the pictures that Zorba um, has provided, sort of the um, the the blue and the green together, and we were looking at them both. And I was like, oh, what else in the galaxy has lightning? So here, picture this: me flying out with some relics gre- um, on me. Um, Ten. 11,000 light years off to the closest storm Lagrange cloud and um, we we exploded it and it was fun and it was good that sounds awesome yeah, was, there anything, well, was there any fragments left or just completely no 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 it, it, does a, it does a weird scream when you when you explode them I don't know if it's the same I, like idiot me didn't bring a normal one to test as well oh. um, 
so I just um, I wasn't expecting anything to happen it was just floating about in space and then I looked at it there's a clip somewhere I'll include a, lo- a link to it in um, in the show notes but I got I got like as I am want to do I got very excited about the science that was occurring and then forgot to realize that I also had um, a uh, I didn't have any other ones to test it to see if it worked but they did i exploded one with some lightning it didn't give me superpowers i was I very disappointed it. It. that's great science that's really good um right um in other news yeah commander alex a on twitter is uh, the latest in a long line of folks tinkering with the thargoid scream in audio programs and he's come up with some interesting results we're not going to share them on stream to avoid spoilers but we will provide a link in the show notes for you to have a look at um there is an a continuing expedition at the moment, Expedition Dust Till Dawn, that's still going to run until Friday the 26th, I do believe. Um, and it's already started at uh, Jackson's Lighthouse yesterday. So um, it will be doing a lot of traveling towards Beagle Point. So uh, uh, have a look for Expedition Dust Till Dawn on the um, uh, community events page. Um, do not ruin. Is, is uh, I was going to ask the question about the um, the screen. Does it say Paul is dead? No, no, and it doesn't say hello either, and it doesn't say Colonia, and it doesn't say um, remember to buy oval team background uh, backwards. Oh. It's 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 all very normal. But this is this is just. I thought Commander Alexa did a really good job of showing off what you can find in them, and I think it's really interesting. I feel like you have to you really have to see their tweet to fully appreciate it the link's in the show notes isn't it yeah the link's in the show yeah, notes the link's, the link's in the show notes and i, I, I do I, like it though if, if i haven't seen the analysis but if the analysis is correct i do like it when frontier bury nuggets like this and stuff 100 percent, it's really good yeah yeah but they, then you always get people complaining oh it's you have to use external tools to find out i don't care it's everybody would use external tools anyway I like the fact that these these external puzzles to the to the game. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, right. Um, Psychit, do you want to give an update to? About I, I, I kind of did. I kind of did with the mega ships moving. That's the only only bit that we have as far as which, okay. which one is concerned. We're we're waiting. We're waiting to see what happens when with those mega ships moving because one is moving to T Towery. So right. fingers crossed, we might have something to do then. But Discord's still open, and there's still as much tin foil in there as there is pretty much <laughs> everywhere else at the moment. So we want more tinfoil. We're going to have a world shortage of tinfoil at this moment. Um, right, mostly clueless section. Um, this is Domzilla2112. Um, basically, this is a obvious one, but one that newbies always forget. Uh, if you want to collect stuff in your SRV, you must target it before using the, your, uh, your cargo scoop. <laughs> I know it sounds stupid, but there's a lot of people who don't know that. Uh, oh yeah, and Soccer Forty Two says, "Remember your limpets. Always useful." I don't know how we would have got through um, stuff there without the um, the uh, the decom limpets that uh, we were using. Um, right now, has anybody got any other business? No, it's not even. A, I mean, the next Alex, Buckyball's when's gone. When's the Buckyball? <laughs> yes, yeah. that's a way away, isn't it? Two weeks. Away, away! It's two weeks away. That's nothing in real time. Plenty of time to enjoy um, uh, update. 
13 is what yeah. we thought. We thought we thought we'd give people a bit of leeway to. Yeah, well, the next buckyboard racing one is on on this twenty seventh. So thankfully, I'll be back for then. So yeah. yay. Um, right. Well, I guess if nobody's got any other business, oh, there there was something we did put out a request last week for the last paint job. Um, if anybody wanted to send in a daft limerick or even a drabble, um, I can't even remember what the subject was on. I don't think it mattered. <laughs> it, it was something to do with what happened in HIP. Um, we've had one entry from Commander Tekarov. Uh, so basically, if anybody else wants uh, to put in uh, an entry or two um, to uh, email info at laveradio.com, uh, then we'll, we'll, we'll uh, put it forward. Otherwise, I think Commander Tekarov gets it by default next week. Tekarov will, will, will definitely get at least one of them. Yeah. Um, so, info at laveradio.com now, now that I've got access to the, the emails again. Uh, so, that's it, I guess. So, time for the shout-outs. Um, episode 7, Valuable Assets, uh, Part 2 of the Dex Legacy, it is the last in the current series. And it will premiere next week at, um, well, that's the 23rd of, of August at 8 o'clock. If you want more information, go to thedexlegacy.com uh, and, uh, yeah, enjoy that. Our sister station, Hutton Orbital Radio, it broadcasts on a Thursday at 8.30. Yeah, you can tune in to that at twitch.tv Hutton Orbital Druggers or if you just want the audio, radioforthemug.com. Uh, now that CQC working again, you can actually go to the CQC Discord uh, at discord.me slash Elite Dangerous CQC for a bit of CQC actions. Unfortunately, Thargoids are not included. Um, we're also giving a shout-out to the following Elite Dangerous podcasts. So, obviously, there's Flight Assist. I don't know. The guard frequency hasn't put anything out for the last couple of weeks. I hope everything's okay over there. We haven't put uh, one out. For, um, Flight Assist hasn't put one out for nearly two months, so it's okay. <laughs> We've been busy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you've been a bit busy, admittedly. And uh, loose screws will will wave to um, our friends over the other side of the the Atlantic, and I hope <laughs> I hope Chig sorts out his sound problems soon. Um, now, following this, we I have just been informed we do have the latest Galnet News Digest as provided by Commander Witherspoon and Commander Beetlejuice. They have beaten the Thargoids. Well played for them. And I uh, would just like to thank everybody who has uh, made suggestions and and commented in the Twitch chat. Um, thank you very much. Uh, we haven't had any in-game commanders happening this week because of due to uh, our resident... Um, Ex, uh, resident moving target Ben is not with us um, <laughs> and we'll also say a special thanks to commanders Tokuso, JN Trax and Alan Stroud who have created music for this show so uh, that is it for yet another episode of Live Radio if you'd like to get in touch with the show email info at laveradio.com hit us up at facebook.com slash laveradio tweet us at laveradio and you can join our discord server by going to discord.io slash laveradio we also have a teamspeak server where commanders like to hang out and chat which you can find at teamspeak.laveradio.com 
Now, please get in touch if you've got any questions or if there's anything you'd like us to discuss in a future episode. Lave Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 and streamed out at laveradio.com slash live. So thanks to uh, Commander Alec Turner, uh, thanks to uh, Commander Shan, and of course, thanks to Commander Psychit. And special thanks, of course, goes out to today's tech specialist, Commander Ventura. So until next time, Commanders, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous. Digest, 16th of August 3308. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, the Alliance is the first superpower to admit the scale of their losses. News of the unclassified relics spread. The Far God cult praises the Thargoid victory. And in two adjacent valleys on a planet in HIP 22460, the Thargoids have been learning ballet. And Apex has been stubbornly refusing to give up on rescuing a commander despite mounting losses. With the failure of Salvation's plans in HIP 22460, and with a renewed interest in Guardian relics, and particularly how they can be changed into unclassified relics when charged up using a Thargoid device, some commanders are calling for the revival of Aegis to provide a superpower-wide, coordinated scientific and military approach to investigating Thargoids and their technology, and to addressing the threats and challenges of coexisting with Thargoids. 
The remnants of Aegis, which was formally disbanded earlier this year, remains active as a small but fervent community, far from the bubble, in the PMD 2009-48 system, home of the Orion Nebula Tourist Centre and close to the site of the Proteus, and the Guardian Thargoid Battlefield in Trapezium Sector YU-XC1-2. In fact, Aegis Research now runs the tourist centre and a number of hotels in the system, so if you visit, expect to be regaled with stories about how much better things were before Admiral Tanner was arrested and Professor Tedrow forced to resign, and how we shouldn't trust salvation. Professor Palin and Ram Tarr, who has worked closely with Professor Tesro in the past, have both been calling for samples of the new green-coloured unclassified relics, which were first discovered by Commander Kralone. Commanders supporting the reinstatement of Aegis are reported to be also taking samples of these new relics to the Aegis megaship Archimedes, which has remained in PMD 2948 since Commanders chose to back Salvation instead of Aegis in July last year. With the Thargoids posing a significantly greater threat than they did before the Proteus wave was fired, research into the unclassified relics, which are believed to have some connection to the Thargoids' new powers, is likely to prove critical to our understanding of what has happened and may eventually prove crucial to our survival. Whether Professor Palin, Ramtar, or Aegis Research will be able to make the breakthrough remains to be seen. No, no, you're not listening. It's dead. There's nothing to work with. The panels are blank. The drive's disengaged. Manual override isn't doing anything. Unless you want to try rubbing sticks together to ignite a spark, we're stranded here. At least we took the Thargoids out first, though. Otherwise, we'd be in big trouble. I need some time to break down where the problem stems from. There's a panel up the main coupling unit, though. The Alliance has admitted the scale of its losses in HIP 22460 and has pledged to hand over even more control to Sirius as it scrambles to create an effective navy to combat the new Thargoid menace. The Alliance, Empire and Federation could be accused of a lack of vision and contingency planning when they chose to put all their resources behind Salvation's plan to wipe out the Thargoids. Salvation's plan backfired spectacularly spectacularly, not just failing to wipe out the Thargoids, but giving them new powers and levels of aggression. Should the Thargoids choose to take back the Pleiades, the California Nebula, the Witchhead Nebula, the Coalsack Nebula and Muscadart region, there's very little that the Alliance, their defence partner Sirius Corporation, or for that matter, the Empire and Federation could do to stop them. If the Thargoids chose to advance on the core systems of the human-occupied bubble. The Thargoids could take any systems they wanted. The loss of the capital ship, Oath of Tyndarius, which in true Alliance tradition was a refitted freighter with a few extra gun emplacements, was accompanied by the far greater loss of thousands of smaller Alliance ships, a ragbag selection of Type 10s, Chieftains, Challengers and Crusaders, among other ships. All those lost have been officially honoured in a ceremony broadcast throughout the Alliance. But it's a sad truth that a complete roll call of those lost 
may take weeks more to compile. The Decentralised Alliance Defence Force is weaker now than it has ever been, and, according to a joint statement issued by the Prime Minister and the CEO of Sirius Corporation, the Council of Admirals has chosen to double down on its pact with Sirius Corporation in an attempt to make the ADF more relevant in a changing galaxy with significant new threats requiring a root and branch restructuring that will allow member fleets the flexibility to be formed and deployed rapidly to Thargoid incursions wherever and whenever they may occur. Sirius's member of the Council of Admirals, Nicholas Glass, will be in charge of this restructuring, in which experienced combatants will be replaced by a new tier of middle managers. Glass will be personally in charge of all anti-Zeno operations. It is notable that Sirius Corporation's only megaship anywhere near HIT-22460, El Sentinella Cadejo, remains in Pleiades Sector CW Avenue B3-2, together with Azimuth Biotech's two remaining megaships, the Masashi and the Glorious Prospect, which incidentally is still loaded up with vast amounts of HN shock mounts, radiation baffles and microcontrollers, which were intended to repair Azimuth's research bases. None of Sirius's assets have been involved in any anti-Thargoid combat at any point this year. Logs recovered from the Oath of Tyndarius show that some of those who died following Sirius and Alliance orders to protect Salvation's Proteus Wave had misgivings. Did they die in vain, chasing an impossible dream, on behalf of those safe behind desks in Alioth and Limbava? Very sadly, it seems possible that they did. We've been told for so many months now that salvation is the answer. The war will end through his actions, not ours. Like he's some kind of messiah. Have people lost faith in the military? The ADF has fought these creatures for years now. Sure, there have been setbacks, but there have been plenty of victories as well. I was there when the Alliance secured the Witchhead Nebula Enclave. We drove the Thargoids back and gave them a few wounds to lick. Gave the imps and feds something to think about, too. And now we've all bet our chips on Salvation's cards. Here, in HIP 22460, we've lost thousands of good people keeping his back covered while he builds this wonderful contraption. I truly hope it works, because a lot has been sacrificed to give the Proteus Wave a chance. The Galactic Interfaith Commune has backed the extremists of the Thargoid cult who are openly celebrating the victory of the Thargoids in HIP 22460 amid widespread outrage from the galactic community. Little is known about the leader of the Thargoid extremists other than that she speaks with an imperial accent. But the first apostle of the true chapters delivered a proclamation that people of the Thargoid religion rejoice in the defeat of those who tried to desecrate the Thargoids, which they believe are the dark angels of their Thargoid deity. She said that the Thargoid is closer than ever and will soon manifest itself. Some have speculated that the first apostle may be Azimuth Biochemicals test subject D2, 
who may have a psychic connection to the Thargoids, and that the Thargod may be a Thargoid hive ship. Despite some calls for the alien-loving traitors to be arrested, in systems where freedom of religious expression is protected, the Thargod cult has experienced large numbers of new recruits, mainly among those who believe a Thargod victory is now inevitable, and that further resistance will only prolong the agony. For the novices, humanity's extinction is to be embraced. Despite their inflammatory comments, the Thargod cult is not believed to have any connection with the Thargoids, and cannot be considered to be allies, spies, or insiders. Dr. Jamila Griffin of the Galactic Interfaith Commune welcomed the First Apostle's remarks, suggesting that the evolution of the Thargod cult into a more structured society could be beneficial. The Thargod religion is law-abiding and only organises where it's permitted to by law. It seems likely that we'll hear more from the First Apostle of the True Chapters in the coming months. Following the epic rescue effort to extract commanders whose ships were destroyed on the ground at Fort Ash following the Thargoid takeover of HIT-22460, a number of commanders have been choosing to land on planets there, to study the local fauna and to commune with the Thargoids. It's a bit like communing with great white sharks. If you respect the Thargoids, you should come to no harm. In one valley, we had Commander Alec Turner teaching the Thargoids ballet moves as they danced to the Royal Xenophonic Orchestra playing Thargkovsky's Swan Lake. While in the next valley, following a suggestion by Commander Greybeard Seawolf, Commander Takoso was having hours of fun ordering Apex taxis and watching the fireworks as the Thargoids attacked and destroyed 30 in a row. The Apex space taxi drivers showed remarkable stoicism as they lined up to be pulverised by the alien spacecraft circling above the planet. And Apex was quite happy issuing refunds to its would-be passenger each time one of its adders was unable to land safely. War artist The High Wake captured a likeness of one of the Apex drivers after a particularly successful photo shoot. Commander Takosa reported hearing Commander Alec Turner in the next valley shouting five, six, seven, eight at the Thargoids through his megaphone, while Commander Turner complained about the amount of times he'd had to reset a shot because of all the apex taxis being blown up in the sky above his ballet class. With a very stripped down and engineered ship like the Imperial Courier, it is possible to escape from Thargoids in HIP 22460 simply by running away very fast. The so-called rinse-wind manoeuvre. It makes studying their behaviour not only endlessly fascinating, but also just about survivable. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news and fly away from Thargoids very fast, so you don't have to. Roll me, oh, roadie. 
radio or Thargoid from the 4601 or what you mind better get in line 5678 